0: Welcome to Sonic Talk. This is the first Sonic Talk of 2018. Can you believe it? It's actually... Wednesday the is it the 3rd of January yes because of the way that Christmas fell it's sort of it feels like we only missed a week and I do apologize uh, we couldn't bring you the special we'd anticipated last week but uh, unforeseen circumstances just meant we just couldn't make it happen Uh, and it was good because it was nice to have the entire week off anyway so uh, welcome this is the music technology podcast uh, all to do with all things Uh, to do with music technology want to say thank you to our supporters we've got uh, isotope Uh, you can win a copy of ozone 8 the mastering application a little bit later on and we've also got a word from uh, Bitwig as well Uh, you want to check out Bitwig too Uh, say hi to our chatties in the uh, YouTube chat room if you're you're wondering where you can watch this uh, at any other time and you haven't seen it before perhaps you're watching on sonicstate.com forward slash live we stream via YouTube so you can watch it directly via YouTube so if you subscribe to us you get to see uh the notifications when we go live but we've also got an irc chat which you can find at sonicstate.com forward slash live so uh, nice to see plenty of people in there today i uh, uh, hope you're uh, haven't been too de- deprived of your sonic state fix although we did actually send out a uh, a video a boxing day it was my boxing day beatbox video which was uh, gaz reviewing the new roland boutique tr08 which uh, seemed to go down really well and uh, i think he's already been gifted. Um, Because (laughs) there was a few dancing moves in there, which I think you know, bound to be uh, (laughs) turned into an animated gif there. (laughs) So yeah, so welcome. Oh, I can't wait to see. Yeah, no, you, you, I, I'm waiting for the link to come through. Somebody told me it was there. So uh, well, I'll start with you, Rich, because that was your first chuckle. Who let us know your presence, Rich Hilton, Hiltonius, fresh back from his transatlantic New Year's hop where uh, you were playing uh, with Sheik, which you do on a regular basis, but uh, you had the special kind of like golden slot on the BBC uh, New Year's Eve, uh, which I saw. It looked like it was a rocking gig. How was it?
1: Um, it was a rocking gig. It was great. <laughs> great. The, the crowd, the energy in the room was amazing. What a beautiful building. Um, what a great honor to get that slot uh, and to uh, have an opportunity to do what we do. Holy shit, there's a bug on my microphone. Um, um,
0: what, I kind of uh, well, anyway. a, a spy bug or an, an, an insect no, kind a of bug? No,
1: what's called a stink bug, which I will dispose of as soon as you cut <laughs> to the next guy. But uh, anyway, uh, it was a Talk great with gig. your mouth closed. <laughs> it's like, what the heck is moving by my eye? Oh, look at that. Um, it was a great gig. We had a great time. Uh, I've seen it now as it was broadcast and uh it freaking looks spectacular the crew the BBC people the people involved in the video and the and the lighting production it was just stunning to look at on TV at least to me and I'm not even talking about looking at me on TV I because nobody wants to do that but but I'm talking about the look of the presentation, the production is just stunning. Yeah, they've
0: really got you it. got to hand it to them. Uh, they've got it. Obviously,
1: so. they've done this before.
0: Rich, I'm, what I'll do is I'll cut, and maybe we'll come back to that Thank in a bit, you. so then you can deal with your insect, uh, uh, <laughs> your, your, your live insect <laughs> This guy's uh, got to go.
1: <laughs> and, of course... Everybody uh, we, <laughs> wants to get into the act.
0: <laughs> yeah, we have uh, Mr. Yo, Jimmy Yo,
1: Durante used to say.
0: Yoed Nivo, uh, who's that, back in the studio in London. Uh, last time we spoke to him, he was uh, in Tel Aviv on his Waves Week. Is that like a, what you call it? Has is it, is it got a special type of, pipe type of the month that you're talking oh, about? Yeah. Waves week.
2: Yeah, that's what I call it.
0: <laughs> okay. And that's well, what it is. That's what it is. So uh, uh, is there anything you can tell us about? Are you working on anything exciting that uh, that you can say anything about? I'm sure I, am
2: actually, oh. I am actually. I am um, actually. It's going to be on your screen. Um, inside the computer. <laughs> and it's going to make some noises <laughs> okay excellent well i i completely cool.
0: understand how you might not be able to give us any more information but in case you're wondering yoad yeah. of course uh he does uh as well as being uh let me see if i can pr- i've got my two shot we could do that yes as well as being uh, uh a very busy producer remixer and songwriting and all kind of kind of stuff in his fabulous studio there in london it also develops uh, software products uh, in conjunction with waves or four Waves. I as Waves, I'm not sure exactly which is which, but, yeah, plenty of stuff. many You know, after, the boat.
2: After, 20, after 20 years, I'm not sure quite myself. But, uh, you know, that's how we've been rocking for uh, quite a while now. So, no title.
0: Okay, just just Yoad at Waves. That sounds good. So, what, uh, were yeah. you working over mostly over Christmas or did you get a bit of a break or how did it work for you?
2: No, I did have a nice break. Tel Aviv weather was unbelievable. Uh, I've been there with my daughter and my wife, so, and lots of family and everyone. So, it was nice and sunny, long walks on the beach, and uh, oh wow, did manage to do some work as well. Uh, so it was lovely. Came back on Saturday,
0: excellent. And I noticed that you've uh flipped round your shot, so we now can see your sort of bank of your mountain of keyboards behind you. So, uh, is that is that all of what you have no, in the, the studio. No, the mountain
2: is there. Oh, I see. We've the just got the <laughs>
0: just the the B rig, is that? No, yeah? these
2: are these are the mono, That's the monophonic kind of, uh, um, more accessible, more hands-on sort of uh, rack.
0: Ah, right. So you keep that close by because I know you were telling us about the uh, the MIDI controller thing that you set up where you can control mm-hmm. everything. So that's more of you kind of you get your hands onto it and uh, get that's stuck in, right? On, yeah. What's your current
2: fave? Yeah, um? absolutely. Always SH-101.
0: Really? Always. You're, a, you're a 101 guy?
2: Yeah. Have you tried the boutique? boutique? Have,
0: have you tried the boutique yet? I
2: haven't. I haven't. I have, you know, I have two SH-101s and I don't feel the need to, you know, to get another digital version sure. of it. I'm sure it's great, but I just love it. It's, it's so, the sound is so solid. And um, I actually, I was interviewed, I don't remember on which magazine about that and the thing is with 101 is that the fact that it only has one oscillator kind of forces you to but obviously to use one oscillator so you get those amazing solid bass sounds it's yeah. not that you couldn't do it's not that you can't do it on a mini mini-MOog, but you never do because you have three oscillators, you're always tempted to oh, just add a little bit of that fifth and a little bit of that detune and and all that, and suddenly you get instead of a really solid bass, you get something else. Hmm, uh, with the SH, you just get that, and it and it sounds amazing.
0: So uh, you uh, I would like to you you also a traditionally a guitarist. So I want to know: do you do you stick the modulation grip on and strap on the SH 101 and do mm, bust a move around the studio?
2: Not quite, no.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us, Yoat. And also we have Mr. Steve Hillier, uh, stevehillier.net. Of course, uh, member of Dubstar, educator, songwriter, producer, DJ. Do you have any uh, epic uh, Christmas gigs then while you uh... were...?
3: I went over to uh, Copenhagen, which is uh, the most Christmassy place in the world, uh, in my experience, and that was really nice. Did a little... um, a little party in uh, a, a part of uh, Copenhagen called Christiania. Which, oh, Christiania, um, That's the classic. That part, yeah. yeah it's, wow, it's one of my, uh, yeah, it's one of my favourite places in the world, quite frankly. And um, so that that was really good. It's always a kind of a strange uh, atmosphere there, in the sense that um, usually sort of Christmas parties in in England are all fueled by alcohol. Um, not so much in Christiania, to be honest. No, um, I get that, but it's uh, but it's a lot of fun, and, uh, and yeah, and that turned into a, a little writing session, which is uh, contributing to a project that just got the. Uh, confirmation kind of go-ahead this morning, so I'm kind of... uh, Oh, buzzing. Excellent. Yeah, it's a nice start to the year. And I was just thinking about what you were saying about wearing an SH-101, because I've had a few through the years, and uh, much like Yoad, I'm not going to do that again. I once wore one on stage, and I saw a video playback of it afterwards and realised... That's not a good look for me. It really isn't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, yeah, I, I, I can get it. Yeah, Christiana F, of yeah. course. Uh, uh, well, the classic film, but Christiana uh, for many years. I don't know if it's still the same. It was almost. It was like a, a, a sub, a, a city within a city, wasn't it? It, it was. It was almost. Yeah. Um, it, w- it was like a commune. Is that right? A commune that. that yeah, that, that's right. Shall we say, um, was an exp- exposed the alternative aspects of uh, modern life perhaps is the best way of
3: putting it. Uh, yeah, my understanding is that it was an old uh, barracks, part of the Danish army that was abandoned in the 60s and taken over by uh, squatters, kind of hippie squatters. And they declared it, um, forgive my Danish pronunciation, a Freakstaden, which basically yeah. means free town. Yeah. And so they uh, uh, developed a sort of way of living where they had only uh, consensus law is my understanding so there's only 12 rules and if you stuck to those you could do anything else that you wanted and it, i think it, it's an extraordinary uh place to see because um although there is a police presence although it's nothing like what you would get in the rest of the city i think it demonstrates that actually it's not normally the law that keeps you safe it's People just generally are generally nice most of the time. And I think that's a um, that's my experience of Christiania anyway. But I know um, that if you speak to uh, regular Copenhagen people, they all have their own view. I think that people associate it a little bit with uh, lawlessness, which of course it is, and, and other sort of stuff like that. But in my experience, it's great. Excellent. uh, I've never been there. Going back in March,
0: I've been to Copenhagen, but I've never been there. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Well, I suppose this kind of you know talk of New Year and gigs and stuff. We should probably start off with any uh, with with the with the the classic topic, which is of course uh, New Year's resolutions. I mean, as we know, there there seems to be this kind of uh, not pressure, but it's a a norm that one would make a New Year's resolution uh, uh, and then you know try and better or improve or change something about oneself and I wonder if anybody uh, in terms of musicality or music technology whether anybody's made any kind of like perhaps informal nods or so I would like to perhaps uh, do something or other along those lines I don't know if anyone's got any uh, any, uh, anything like that I, I, maybe I'll start actually the thing that I want to do is actually try and not work so much maybe take a bit more time off but that's a really bad one to start at uh, in January, because obviously we've got Nam in two weeks, and it's just chaos up until then, so that won't be and maybe after Nam and then it'll be super Booth. but yeah, maybe in the spring i'll I'll start thinking about my new year's resolutions that I could do with that i don 't know um rich have you are you a, are you a new year's resolution kind of guy, or are you just kind of happy with the way things are, which is no reason why you shouldn't be
1: well um uh, you could say both i don't often consciously make new year's resolutions, but I resolve this year to be creative and receptive as much as possible and uh, to continue to revel in the opportunity to touch people's hearts with this music.
0: Yeah, that's and if guy. I
1: get to do that and make it to the next one of these, I'll be really, really happy.
0: Yeah, that's a great one. You well, it's sort of almost like the Dice Man, where you have to say yes to absolutely everything. Is it that that kind of a? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not going that far. Good. Just say, don't Good. say no to anything.
1: Yeah, I don't know. No, 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 no. no, no, no. But, but, but flow, you know, be with the f- yeah, yeah. Be, flowing, be flowing.
0: Absolutely. Steve, what <laughs> about you? Get out of your you? own way. What about you then, Steve? Have you uh, have you got any kind of resolution? I mean, obviously you just got a new job in, yeah. so, you know, maybe that's...
3: Yeah, um, I, I I do actually. I've got I've two resolutions, which I'll tell you about very quickly. The, the, the first one, it's not really a music technology thing, but I've realised over the last few years that I have um, times of the day where I'm most creative and... It, it tends to be early morning and late afternoon into the evening and just through the way that work has fallen over the last few years unfortunately those aren't times that i'm working i tend to be uh working mainly especially with other people um in the afternoon so i've got to see if if i can make it so i only do um collaborative sessions in the late afternoon and in the evening and do solo well, when i'm working on my own in the early morning and i think that might you know, there might be something in that for me. Um, the other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ban uh, social media from the studio. Good plan. Not yeah. because – well, simply because I've been thinking about this um, over the last few years particularly. I've noticed that – Um, You know, compared to the olden days, when if you were in a studio, you were completely isolated, there was no uh, mobile phones. Um, And if you were lucky, or unlucky, I suppose, there was a telephone. Whereas these days, if you're working, um, you've got your mobile there, you've got Facebook up on that screen, you've got this, that and the other whole load of distractions going on. So I'm going to uh, not have those distractions and basically switch them all off. Ah, that's that's an interesting idea.
0: I know. Yeah, how are you, Joad, mm-hmm. With uh, with people with uh, on phones and you know social media because there's a lot of waiting around, isn't there? So it's very tempting to kind of you know just oh, I'll just.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't do it myself in the studio, and I'm not very strong on it anywhere else, uh, for that matter. But uh, obviously. All the artists that I work with, uh, without exception, they sit on the sofa on their whatever platform it is. All of them, without exception, go and um, shoot my um, old oscilloscope here, <laughs> which is doing some nice shapes, and put it on Instagram, thinking that they are so original and they are <laughs> the first ones to, to be doing it. Um, but no, I, I don't get distracted destruct, um, that much by that. Emails is is the one thing that kind of. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, difficult to but ignore. Yeah, it, I yeah. want to be. Yeah, this year I wanna I wanna have more time to, to just, basically, do nothing, uh, in the studio. So, not. Not to work, but just to play, because it's it's always been my hobby as well, um, and I've been talking to about it with, with Pino, who sits here and watches the is just watching the, the broadcast in the other room. Um, that it's it's my hobby. Uh, Pito's my assistant. Um, uh, it's my hobby as well as my job, and you know I miss my hobby basically. Yeah, yeah I well, I know. Get, I agree. And, and that, more, more into that. Finding,
0: finding time to kind of to just play a noodle. We've talked about this before just kind of just to follow your nose and not have any kind of creative brief to be working to is important to keep your chops up as well because you're always kind of discovering things that wouldn't, you know, with time pressure or things that you kind of have to do for a specific purpose, you tend to, one tends to follow the path that you know will get you there rather than one that will take you on a kind of uh, round trip because time is money and all of those sort of things. So, yeah, I think that's probably a pretty good one. So, yeah, good, a good call. Good call there. Um, uh, right, well, just while we're... While, with that pause, I'll just... Uh, I think we'll just have a word from uh, our friends at Bitwig. Bitwig Studio 2.2 is here. Bitwig Studio combines both timeline and clip-based sequencing on Windows, Mac OS, and Linux. It features VST3 support, plug-in crashing protection, and a highly flexible user interface. With a lightning-fast workflow for keyboard, mouse, and also touch rings, it's great on the new Microsoft Surface devices. Modularity is also central to Bitwig Studio, It focuses on strengthening the way devices interact with one another and offers a highly flexible modulation routing system, so you can route almost anything to anywhere, including audio rate modulations. Bitwig also offers many sync options. MIDI, MIDI Clock Master Slave, MTC, CV and Gate, Hardware Audio Clock, and Ableton Link. So why not try Bitwig Studio today? Go to bit.ly slash now. And try it out for yourself. Why not indeed? I want to say thank you very much to Bitwig for uh, sponsoring the show. Uh, Always great to welcome new people on. Um, So... Let's think. What did we we do have some topics. Although, uh, to be fair, you know the, the 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 space between Christmas and New Year is not generally the time that one uh, will be releasing lots of products. I mean, you tend to get offers and Boxing Day sales, and there was all of that sort of stuff. But to be honest, we just shut down. I mean, I looked. Normally, I'm looking at our CMS, and there's a huge pile of stories over the last seven days. And I've got into today, and there was nothing. It was just completely empty, and I felt a bit guilty about that because it's like, well but i don't think anybody missed anything specifically exciting uh, I, I, so uh, but hopefully we've got some topics to keep going I, actually one of them which did come up uh, i don't know if you saw this uh, the facebook and universal signed a big uh, new deal which is kind of akin to i guess to what uh, youtube have been doing uh, with labels where they protect their rights and in turn you know they can make money off the uh, non that non monetized and it's part of facebook's big push to probably take on uh, the kind of elephant in the room YouTube kind of pretty much dominate the online video market and for musicians it's very important because obviously YouTube is a great marketing platform certainly for us and for musicians posting jams and posting all sorts of other things but it's an interesting idea I don't know if anyone uh, I I, imagine you're probably dealing with publishers at more of a cold face level at this point because you know you're working on sort of current pop stuff I don't know if you write things yourselves I mean do you do you think this I I think it's important that there's competition but I wonder how much competition when you're talking to it's such a huge these two huge beam offs i mean umg is the biggest record company in the world right
2: yeah yeah i don't know I, I really don't know what it means to to me what it means to other musicians i think it's yet to be to be seen um no doubt that youtube is the is the main platform for for music videos but for all other videos and this is what i've been using it um for as well so i look at i watch a lot of of just random videos about technology about obviously uh, music technology and and stuff like that as well as as music videos um i think um and i seem to 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 be getting just uh from facebook ap- apart from music videos um some some clips about how to make jewelries from used <laughs> water bottles and things like that. So I think, uh, yeah, so I, I, I think they have a lot of catching up to do before they can compete with YouTube on the on the broad level. But I don't know. I suppose that getting the the, the music, um, you know, more kind of to a higher level is is a start.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think it, it does make a big difference. I know, Rich, I don't know how much, sorry, that's not rich, that's rich there. I don't know how much uh, this kind of affects your world. But I think one of the things that is interesting about this is it, it, it's also going to be a vehicle for certainly universal artists or universal publishing artists to, to get kind of some revenue kickback from videos that maybe have their music synced in them or whatever. And it's sort of done by, in the same way that the D- digital right ma- management happens on YouTube. So that's hopefully a good thing as long as it's probably uh, as long as you're seeing billions and billions of views you might actually earn a, a couple of quid so that might be good for everybody else
1: I guess the simple principle of having more than one avenue for this kind of media through which this kind of media can be easily dispensed is always a good thing somehow in my mind but I really don't have a strong feeling about or opinion of this yet because yeah. I don't know how it plays out. I, and maybe that just makes me an old guy. I'm not sure, but I don't have a vision for how this going to interact in my life.
0: Yeah, I know. I agree with you there. Know. And and I think um, what you was saying about, you know, the, the, the way that they deliver kind of related videos is, is still very clunky and, and, and they also put uh, the way that they, they sort of, We've become so used to, you know, you scroll the timeline, a video starts to play, you look at it, you watch it. But now they're inserting ads in the middle very quickly. So what tends to happen? You watch the first thirty seconds and then scroll. So I don't think there's much completion going on there. I oh, know, um, Steve. Does does mm. this? What, what do you think? Good well, news.
3: Well, first of all, I mean, I agree with Rich uh, in the sense that. It, it's early days, and so it's difficult to have a, an informed opinion about this. But when I first saw this news, and, and, and the more I thought about it, the more I read about it, and, and and speaking about this now, this makes me feel uncomfortable. And I'm not quite sure why. There's something about this that I don't like. I think, for, for me, it's something to do with um, Facebook having yet more power Mm-hmm. and this time, and for the first time, it, it's sort of encroaching on, not for the first time, but it's encroaching on a world that's really in, important to me. And as I said, it, it, it's, it's too early really to know how this is going to work out, but you can already see that they're talking about the possibility of prioritising uh, UMG Uh, artists and umg videos and you know that reminds me a little bit of this echo chamber thing that we've been talking about now for a few years and it's not obviously not going to be the same as as just reflecting back your own political views but rather than facebook being a, a, a place of discovery that's unregulated and it's all about recommendation about about you know essentially anything goes this feels to me just a bit like yeah anything goes as long as it's on umg yeah this is speculation on my part you know i have to you know stress this it just makes me feel like really what i would prefer is to have a situation where um it's not an established big company like facebook that's doing it it's somebody else that's come along and brought a fresh um attitude and perspective on music discovery um and, and and sort of Built it from scratch and built it for everyone to benefit from the musicians to the audience to all the rights holders. That's not what I'm feeling from this,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it is a big business, a high level corporate deal. Multi they say multi year, you know, it's like they've obviously signed a pretty big deal there somewhere along the line, so maybe you're right about that. And that, that, that kind of there's a danger that there's a homogenization that, uh, in the same way that you know, yeah. that there used to be. It was sort of a late '80s, early '90s. You know, when everybody used Apogee and Pro Tools, and there was a sort of mm. sameness to, to the sound, and partly because you know the 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 uh, the DSP technology was kind of fairly narrow a narrow band of innovation. Now it's wide open, and there's all sorts of great stuff out there. But it, yeah, it, there is a danger that that might happen. Oh, Rich, you look like you might be uh, you might have a have a have an additional point to say i think you were agreeing with that sort of point about discussion. i was very
1: much agreeing with steve's point about the concern regarding the narrowness of the presentation and the sort of corporate involvement intertwining with one particular area but it was interesting as steve was describing this more sort of utopian vision of what it could be it sounded a heck of a lot to me like spotify
3: yeah, well, I, I do you know what, Rich? That actually was what I was thinking, but I didn't want to throw a sort of a Swedish cat amongst the pigeons.
0: Well, okay, very good. <laughs> that would be good, also. I mean, I, th- I think again, you know, we come back to uh, if we're talking about streaming services. I mean, the problem with Spotify is. It doesn't really make any money for anybody unless you're Beyonce or Coldplay. You know, there's not much revenue that's, that's kicking back to the artist, and that model Understood. that model hasn't been figured out yet. I don't know if you've... Uh, do you know anyone you had who's making a lot of money out of Spotify? Um,
2: mm, Even if I do, they, they wouldn't say, so I don't know. <laughs> <No> fair play. <laughs> everyone, is, everyone is just complaining all the time, so...
0: Yeah, well, yeah, it, yes, I know what you mean. It, uh, I wasn't necessarily trying to be a kind of down on the whole thing. As new technology is, one of the great things about it is it does allow discovery. It does allow very quick yeah. the ability for things to become big very quickly or well-known very quickly <laughs> on, on merit sometimes, not just on the amount of marketing budget you've got to promote it. Uh,
3: but, Nick, just to throw something in here, um, I, I, it's a good question. Uh, you asked Yoad about do you know anyone is making you know a living from Spotify. Um but I actually do know at least half a dozen people who are making a living from YouTube. Um, and that and most of them are musicians. There's a, a couple of women I know who aren't doing music and they're earning a living wage from that. I'm wondering, will this arrangement with UMG and Facebook impact on that? You know, that income these right. people are having from YouTube. And will this a uh, sort of revenue stream be available through Facebook for these you know vloggers or uh, there, has, know, been, there has been there has been talk
0: there has been talk about that mm. happening which I, and I think is a very valid point there has been talk about that happening definitely uh, I mean you know you if you do if you do a lot of videos and it doesn't have to be a lot a lot of video I mean you know okay I'm gonna say a lot I mean it's not hard we do around about six to eight hundred thousand views a, a month. And that generates some revenue. It's not a living wage, or certainly not in terms of business sense. But it, if it was just me in my bedroom in my vest, then I'd be. It would be okay, you know. If and I had other revenue streams, but so it's quite possible to be kind of almost a cottage industry. And Facebook have been talking about introducing the notion of monetizing uh, native video that you upload and then giving giving a kickback. But that so far that doesn't seem to have actually kind of come back. They've, they've got so many clients who want to advertise. Yeah, they don't seem to have uh, pushed it back towards the... Auto- Not of that I'm aware of. I mean, maybe they haven't got around to rolling it out yeah. yet Any- anyway. But, yeah, that's a good point about people being able to make a living wage out of, uh, of the YouTube platform. And that, I guess, is something. I think it works out. It's around about 30% of revenue. Or I can't remember which way round it works. It's- anyway, um, without getting too commercial on it, how about something completely different? Hello,
4: my name's Caitlin. You might have noticed that I'm wearing a crown here, and that's because I'd just been to a Christmas party to say thank you to Chris because he's offered me this website for free it's called learning modular and now we're in the the glossary here and i'm going to read you this sentence here because it's under clock and we've got a new clock divider here that we're going to use a clock usually refers to the main rhythmic pulse in a system Now I'm going to demonstrate that using this purple wire here which is connected to our sign here that we have set up so it makes a clock pulse every time one of these red lights flashes Now I'm going to turn it on Now there's a clock pulse in this purple wire every time one of these lights flashes
0: now I'm going to plug it into the trigger
4: on our bass drum here so that you can hear it. Let's go. Oh, yeah. I like that, but it's a bit fast, and I
0: only want it... That is just the, one of the most adorable and awesome things because... There are two reasons. A, it's great to see a little girl who is obviously not just working from a script. There, you know, she, she genuinely has a knowledge and an interest, and also she's able to explain it actually pretty well, better than most of us, uh, certainly as on well, this side of the camera. <laughs> and I just think that's brilliant and kind of like, doesn't that warm the cockles of your heart? I don't know, Steve. I, I, I'm kind of I, I'm, and clock division is, is is a thorny subject. And she does, if you watch the whole video, she explains it very well. <laughs>
3: <laughs> i'll have to watch it to the end then it's it stumped me on many occasions uh, yeah i it, it's you know it, it's so um heartwarming to see a, a child working with technology and it's kind of inspiring for me because uh this weekend i have to do christmas all over with the in-laws up in cheshire and my nephew has decided that he's going to build a robot like they see on Robot Wars, and he's enlisted Uncle Steve to design it and make it for him. So um, I'm going to be doing a lot of this over the weekend, I think. Well,
0: watching YouTube videos on how to make and design robots, perhaps. Yeah,
3: Yeah, and not um, not leading to post-Christmas disappointment with uh, little Joshua.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Well, I hope it works out for you as well. Uh, Rich, I mean, I know your, your kids have grown up and they've become, you know, they're involved in music and music technology. So, you know, they're following in their father's footsteps to a degree there. I mean, how young were they when they, or did they show an, an interest at an early age?
1: They showed an interest at an early age, mostly because of my wife's participation in drum corps. Ah, And that was their early musical experiences. And they were both involved in playing in drum corps on various instruments from a very early age. And that was how they kind of got into it. So as much as it looks like it must have been me, because I'm the visible musician in the family, actually comes by through my (laughs) wife. This girl could not have been more adorable. And I did... uh, try and introduce one of my sons to the MS-20 and the conceptual vision of analog synthesis through my having an MS-20 at the time, which is actually a really good sort of educational tool, um, in addition to being now a much sought after synthesizer. So uh, I did have a go at it and he wasn't that, he wasn't put off by it at all, but he wasn't that interested in it, didn't follow up on it that that well but the culture was completely different back then and this girl's fascination and the availability of this information online for her and her her uh her her impetus her uh energy to want to go after this information is just absolutely adorable to me
0: yeah it's great isn't it and it's uh the, the, the the youtube channel is called uh the mad music machine and i think it's kind of uh, let me see if we've got the web page up here. And it's just a series of videos, and obviously, I don't know if it's Dad's modular or you know a, a, another family member, and they're sort of building it together and going, And it just seems like such a brilliant idea. I know you had, you say you've got a kid or kids. So that, uh, do they follow in your in your footsteps? Are they what sort of areas are they interested yeah,
2: in? Yeah, I have a I have a two and a half year old uh, girl, and I think that the thing that really warms my heart with this girl on on the video is that. It's the fact that she is a girl rather than a boy, because, yeah, he would, you right. know, if it was a little boy, then he would say, oh, good on him. And, you know, he's bright and clever and well done. But the fact that it's a girl is much more, I don't know, that, that's the, 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 real ish, the, the real thing here for me, because they're not, even today, there aren't many women in in this profession, you Know in this uh in music technology, in even in waves, you know, there's I don't know out of 200 people or so, there's maybe 20 or 30 women, um, let alone in, in studios and um and women producers and women mixers and and women. De- well, I, my wife happens to be a, a, a music DJ, uh, I mean, if. if Obviously, a female and uh, a house DJ, and what I what we did give Tia our daughter um, to play with is an MC three three or three. I think it's an MC, It's an old nineties kind of um,
0: yeah, Rob sample of things, Roland of, thing. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah horrible. um and and uh but she does yeah and 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 she does you know tweak the filter and does the thing with her and it's it's very cute but the thing is that she presses the demo buttons or the the Built-in projects and and dances to like raving trance, um, which is which is not very nice. And my wife, as being a house DJ, gets really horrified by it. But.
0: But yeah, you're right. I think, it but it is a really. It's just a. I think it's just a great thing. And you're right about the the fact that it's interesting, isn't it? Because in the visual arts, uh, certainly photography, painting, uh, film directing, uh, video work, there are there, there's a much broader uh, range of women. I mean, it's still massively skewed in favor favor of men, but that seems to be more. I wonder what it is about about the the audio arts that le- maybe just less. Um, uh, interest, less interesting, less, uh, well, that's not necessarily the word I'm looking for. Less, less of a, 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 a... Rich, help me out.
1: Maybe not... it's that, maybe it's the cameras have been in the hands of children longer than volkas have.
0: Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's true as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah maybe that's it.
0: Yeah. I think that, or even. Cause uh, it
1: what... is, it is perceivably more part of that math science divide where, it, you know, f- for God knows how long, and at least in this country, boys seem to be more encouraged to go after the math science side of things. And this was just part of the way people were, had been brought up, at least when I was younger. And uh, it was more rare to find women excelling in the math and sciences. But there's really no more math or science about audio than there is about you know, light. So, so yeah. on some level that sort of breaks down, but so I have to think it has to do with the fact that as kids, at least in my, in my, when I was a kid, you had a little camera with some kind of film you could load and you could run around and take pictures of things. And also and, phones, uh, obviously. It big was t- accessible. Yeah. take Yeah.
0: And particularly now, obviously, everywhere with smartphones and films. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, all of course, it's kind even of more so now. But, so.
1: But, but I'm just saying they've been longer in the culture yeah. than personal recorders, which started probably uh, functionally with Portis studio technology, which was around 1980. That's true so, enough. Um, so maybe that's it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just want to, if I can just build on, on what Rich is saying, I noticed I'm um, very lucky that I mainly work with. Um, with women. That's how it's worked out for me. And I've noticed over the years that uh, the singers and writers that I work with, the women have become ever more involved in technology. I think it's, it's, it's like Rich said, it's that these machines have been, they haven't been around long enough for there to be as long as as cameras and other things like that, for there to be a, um, a language that, that, that has evolved beyond just sort of masculine jargon if you know what i mean right I, I probably should have thought this through more before i started speaking <laughs> but what i'm saying is <laughs> but what i'm saying is is that i do think this is going to change and i have particularly noticed this, this 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 decade um that most of um the uh women that i've worked with they're creating stuff on on laptops and, and 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 really just doing the same things that the guys would do but in their own way i don't mean in their own way like a, as a gender but as individuals and um, so i think this will change yeah,
0: time. I think that's a very good point, and probably a good uh, a good time to uh, just just in- interject. Hopefully, the stream is still up. I'm sorry that that went away, but uh, we're now going to hear from our friends at Isotope. Of course, uh, Ozone Eight has been out for some time now, but it still remains to be one of the most go-to mastering uh, suites of setup. With Master Assistant, you're able to tell it kind of rough direction you want to go in and through the use of machine learning it's able to make all sorts of very intelligent decisions based on the program material and based on this ever-growing library of uh, sounds and sonics that it can analyse and suggest. Uh, There's also the ability for the Tonal balance control to kick in, which is a visual representation of the various different bands within the music and allows you to kind of achieve a kind of rough visual representation of what you should be aiming for. Very useful visualizing mixing in that way. Uh, We've also got the ability to um, track referencing. You could A and B between. uh, It's also worth mentioning that If you've got an instance of ozone running in the track, you can refer to other instances of Neutron 2 or other ozones from the same kind of master bus version, which allows you to tweak various aspects of the mix from within the same environment. All sorts of very powerful mastering and uh, mixing tools in there as well. And we'd like you to encourage you to try it out for yourself. You go to isotope.com forward slash ozone, as ever with many of their things. There's a 10 day free demo, and you can check it out for yourself. There's a lot of stuff to, to do to, in fact, check out. And of course, uh, we do have a competition. Last week, we were, uh, well, last week, last time, we asked you to uh, tweet out uh, the uh, four mixing and ozone eight, and we've got a winner, which is actually in Russian. Uh, which I cannot pronounce whatsoever, uh, but the tweet, the tweet, the Twitter handle is at Crawl Queen, so that's actually something I, I can pronounce. So at Crawl Queen, if you are listening, to get in touch, and Isotope will uh, deposit a full working copy of Ozone Eight into your account, and uh, you can enjoy that at your leisure. And of course, uh, we have as always another competition this week, so you can win for next show uh, a copy of Isotope's Ozone Eight with the hashtag Mix It Well and the hashtag Ozone Eight. That's mix it well, which is one word, and you tweet those to at Sonic and at Isotope Inc. So the hashtag mix it well and the hashtag ozone8 to at Sonic and at Isotope Inc. will get you entered into the competition. Once again, we thank them for their uh, contribution to the show. Much appreciated. Uh,
1: right. Oh, Rich, yes. May I say, Nick, that I recently had a wonderful Isotope RX experience. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Uh, Using one of their modules to denoise a a dialogue thing, and it was stunningly effective.
0: Yeah, I mean, and easy. Yeah, it can save. It was remarkable. Certainly for video, it can and other other applications. It can save a lot of time and uh, and whatever. As there are, of course, other products out there. I know. Maybe Yoad would perhaps perhaps agree that there are there are other brands and products. I love.
2: Um, I love I love um RX RX six um I have it, and i use it um we make we make noise reduction products as well there's there's room for it for everybody i think um you know uh but I do like the the this uh, this package it's great it's really good
0: Excellent. Right, Um, so next, I wonder whether uh, Yep, I'm going to go to this one, actually, because this one was just... I know it's quite late. This was originally unveiled at CES 2017, which is obviously last year. But this is a kind of uh, proof of concept from uh, Razer, who make uh, high-end kind of gaming laptops. And this one has three 17-inch 4K displays that kind of slot out in robotic fashion to create this kind of rather uh, CIA-worthy mobile workstation laptop thing. Obviously, it's been used for gaming here, but it's also, you know, could be great for video or DAW work. Still on the concept bench, I think. I don't know how much it's going to be, but it's packed full of, you know, I, I imagine it's got the highest level i7 processors had also got a uh, nvidia 1080 which is a really high-end graphics card as well and I, it got me thinking because i thought wow that's you know it's obviously designed at the gamers but but you know as we know we're, we're our laptop choices generally in the creative industry certainly for music tend to be more apple-based products but i'm wondering whether or not there's this sort of move not away from apple but for more you know Less about the thinness and the portability for it to be, you know, just something that you can fit in your your man bag. It's something that you could actually pick up, put in a bag, and take. And it's that powerful thing because I mean, moving a twenty-four inch iMac is not much fun, but something like that, you could imagine maybe taking and working in a remote location. I know I'm going to start with you, Rich, because you often you're about the place. You're all over the place. I know that you use Apple products, but do do you think there's a need or a desire for something that's you know? portable it's, it's pushing the boundaries of portability but it is ultimately portable for something with absolutely. that much poke yeah
1: oh, absolutely good. <laughs> i do this looks like a terrific product to me first of all the 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 actual production of the promotional thing that they did is really really nicely done but i think it'd be a really really useful daw remote daw uh controller assuming that it's not too heavy yeah, and, it does. Want and I tend to be a guy who likes small laptops. So this isn't sort of like suitable to my normal day to day laptop lifestyle, but as a specific purpose built remote, uh, you know, portable DAW system running whatever you like on, you know, in Windows. Uh, and apparently, according to my son, who apparently knew something about this, it's also uh, well suited to Hackintosh.
2: Ah, really? Interesting. That's, that's what I was about to ask.
1: That mm. was my, that's my what you, that's what he told me, But I can't, you know, I can't stand up. You know, he's my boy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yoad, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing your heart has maybe quickened a little at the, those facts because I know that you, you uh, have been known to discuss the Hackintosh, uh, the thorny Hackintosh issue. Uh,
2: well, I actually, I actually switched completely now. Wow. So that's my main, my main system here. I don't know if it's legal or maybe i shouldn't be saying it in public but it's uh it's absolutely mind-blowing and uh and there's no no turning back for me that's that's the way forward i mean to be honest the 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 only reason i use mac is um because it runs logic it's the only platform that can run logic um I used to be a PC guy before. After the so, when everyone uh, made the switch from the Atari to the to the Mac, I actually switched to the PC platform just to spite because I I hated look, that thing you said about Pro Tools and Apogee and all that. I hate this, and and these days it's actually Pro Tools and iPhone. They kind of go hand in hand, or, or it's well, you know. I I I don't like that. I I like to 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 think different, eh, and to use a PC. Well, ironically, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um but um absolutely. So so this seems like a really nice uh laptop to have. Although I have to say I've, I've been I, I did think about it and and I do have three screens here on the desk and it's it's nice and everything, but what I really not would like to see is actually more more um, real estate vertically rather than horizontally because if you think about it you have a large track count and especially in in cubase in Protos it's not a problem because you you can't do much from the well you can but in basically in logic and um and cubase you you always have to kind of expand and you know, yeah, open and, and close zoom. this yeah, little yeah, yeah. triangle yeah. To, to show you the track, uh, the mixer or the plugins, or this and that. And I would like to see the, the screen actually taller. I don't need it to, to stretch horizontally more because I don't, I can just zoom in. But you can't zoom in to show you, you know, to show the, the effect track and the, the region parameters and the phase and all this, you know, all those Do- things that you have in Cubase and Logic. Um so I would like to see. I can't imagine a laptop being <laughs> yeah, well, stretched have you, well, was, because it will fall or fall <laughs> off. But uh, <laughs> the wind caught yeah. it. Uh,
0: have you tried? Uh, have you thought about running uh, monitors in um, portrait, uh, portrait mode rather than landscape mode? Because that works, doesn't it? As well, that, you see that a lot. Uh, it?
2: it does. It, it does. It does work. The thing is that uh, the window to, to the live room is. It, I kind of just have the perfect. So I have the screen about this high and then I can see the singers or the whatever, whoever is playing right. drums and whatever. But it allows me to kind of, whenever I don't want Giggle to, behind it when you don't to want see, to see, yeah. Exactly. Or, or I need to, 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 to send a text message while they're <laughs> singing. So I kind of pretend to... Sh- you know, when, you're, like when, you're, but, when um, you're sitting
0: there with your hands oh my god no
2: more yeah no that, i'm sure that, that doesn't happen that doesn't happen no it doesn't
0: but that's interesting i don't know if uh, how many people I, I used to work with uh, a guy uh, was a coder and, and you see it a lot in uh, coding situations where people turn their monitors up so yeah, you get yeah, much it makes more you, sense because you can see it's whole, like a
2: list for you yeah, yeah yeah
0: exactly you see that um steve interesting i mean obviously it's a windows pc but you know
3: yeah, um, th- that that would make me unhappy, but um, I do think that the that this looks really interesting and it it raises a, a few questions for me because I first of all I, I like the idea of having uh, screens that slot out from the side, um, and I because I really like big screens and uh, in fact this laptop that I'm using right now is the last of the MacBook Pro 17 um, inch screen ah. machines. I don't know if anyone remembers. Yeah, those. yeah brilliant this one's still going strong um so but the questions that i would ask is first of all battery power battery life now uh, you would probably think that with a machine like this you would always have it um yeah uh, plugged into the mains but i've been in many situations just recently where for example um uh, i've lost power because the power supply is broken or the power supply to the stage is gone, but not to the PA, that kind of thing. And I'm just kind of wondering just what would the battery life be if you're running three, pretty, pretty really low. Monitors, you know what I mean? It's not going to Might be not that, even is have is batteries it? in it. I suppose you're thinking about no, that. No. Well, that, that would be a, a, another problem for me. Um, the other one is that, um, I actually really do like laptops being light and yeah. thin. Um, and but I don't see that having three monitors that that slide out like that would necessarily make it a lot heavier. I don't know. I'm, I'm unfortunately I'm not an engineer, at least not in that sense. Um, but if the battery life was good and if it wasn't impossibly heavy, this is something that I would. For example, love to take on stage. I think it would look really impressive, particularly if you had it behind you facing the audience. I mean, that, that would make it a very expensive stage prop, but that's the kind of guy I am as <laughs> well. Yeah,
0: for the showman. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. Yes, exactly. I mean, it is an interesting I mean, but I mean, that whole notion of, uh, um, just having screens that slot out I mean you know it's, it's we've got these big wide yeah. curved ones so you could imagine a situation where you just buy a monitor which is effectively three monitors I mean you don't need the laptop what about if you just had something that you could just that is you know Maybe 15 inch or 17 yeah. inch size that you can pull out and becomes three monitors. I mean, there's a product right there that would work with you no, know, because you might have a Mac Mini or something else or another laptop that you just put in a Thunderbolt connection to. I mean, that that seems like a yeah. product. I mean, it's very specialised, and the only time you generally see them advertise with such glamour is uh, for driving games, shoot 'em ups, or or flight simulators, isn't it? You don't. You don't they did show um, some pictures in the product page. I think I've got it here somewhere of of something going on with the actual. Uh, Hold on. Before I go, I'm not going anywhere. Somebody using it as as a, uh, a a video editing kind of thing. Yeah, there we go. I don't know what that is. That looks like Premiere or something. That looks kind of interesting. Could you just imagine sitting on the uh, on the airplane in the central seat with those kind of sitting out playing you, <laughs> watching your movies or your, your ultra wide skid? I mean, I think it's going to weigh about tw- 10 to 20, you know, 10 pounds plus, maybe 15 pounds. And it's not it's not the sort of thing that is portable for that reason. It's just, but it 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 reminds me a little bit like one of those things where you have sort of mobile observation offices in uh, you know in war films where you know they just pull one of those out and you go and there it is. There's the command and control center. I mean, it's the sort yeah, of yeah. thing that that is almost a military style kind of piece of hardware. But I have to say, I do like the look of that. I would, and I haven't tried and it. We, I don't know I whether think- it would hack into uh, if it does hack into. So that could be interesting. I've not tried that. But um, but yeah, I, as it and again, I don't know the legality of it. I think there's something to do with the operating system more than
3: anything else. But uh, hey, we'll we'll, we'll gloss uh, well, over. My that. understanding is, oh, okay, we'll gloss over it. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> for the best.
0: Yeah, let's leave that for now, shall we? Um, okay. Oh yeah, and the other thing that we were going to talk about was the, the note that there's there's been a, a, a this proliferation. This is something that you had brought in the proliferation of cloud. Have we got time for this? I guess we has everybody for time before I launch into it because it's it's. Pro- yeah, are we okay? How are you doing, Yo, Ed, for time? Good. Uh, okay. i good. The, the proliferation of kind of cloud-based sample browsing uh, and, and sort of production ecosystems. You know, we've got splice.com, which we reviewed uh, back in 2015, which not only does uh, version uh, control of uh, Ableton Live, Logic X, and uh, I think FL Studio and GarageBand 10, but it also does, you know, you can buy... And browse cloud-based samples and bring them in and drag them up via plugins. There's also, uh, uh, um, hold on, I've got my list here. Uh, loopcloud.com, which is the Loopmaster. They've got like five million plus samples that you can access to. And there's also Noise. Now, um, you you brought this you brought this to the table, yeah. I mean, and what what was it that kind of um, made you want to think about it? Because it, it is it is a different way of working, right?
2: Absolutely. So. You know throughout the years i've been accumulating sample libraries and and just samples and editing EXS programs and finding this and finding that and and these days i find that it's almost like so basically owning sample libraries is almost like owning the di- film dvds it's it's a bit redundant because these days you just go on to noise basically you don't have to noise is an instrument it's a plugin basically so you browse the the samples from your session and you, then you just drags so you don't have to have anything stored basically whatever you're looking for you just type it you search for it by genre uh, also the the of of samples and and styles and producers and um and labels in when we talk about splice um just means that you, you have so many different things and you can get inspired by so many ideas by just browsing and they have charts for different you know for the for the whatever weekly charts uh most popular for, for this genre and this and it's and the, the quality is is just amazing. So and you so you don't have to buy the whole pack. You just find one bass drum and you drag it to your session and then you 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 know it's just an, an amazing concept and it's so uh it just makes me look at my whole library that i've collected through the years kind of redundant
0: it's interesting that. I mean, I, I, I think one of the... I was watching a review earlier as well. I mean, because all of these services offer pretty much the same kind of concept where you just pay for what you download. It's very similar to what's happened in the music. You know, the sort of death of the album as a whole concept kind of thing. It's just like, I like this track, I like that track, I, you know, these sort of things. And that's, that's sort of similar to what's happened. I don't know. um, Rich, do you use any of these kind of things? Uh, I mean, because i guess you know if you're looking for something very specific you might know that you've got it in your library but if it's something specific you haven't got you know it's harder to find because you might go is it in this pack somewhere do i have to buy the whole thing to find out
1: i've used these kinds of things but not cloud resident and i've been wondering what the heck all these noise emails i've been getting are about and now i'm beginning to get a picture of what it's about (laughs) i would have to say that their marketing is really really sketchy but um this so if I understand this correctly, that when you do, uh as you open their plugin within your session and start browsing bass drums, and you find the one you want, and you probably do some kind of quote unquote in app purchase in order to make it available to you for whatever. No, no, not, not... They're credit based usually. Not quite you you sort
0: of you sort of charge up a number of credits, and then you just use them up. You know, each one is a is a credit. Uh, so you, well, I see. You say in the I case see. of
2: sorry, sorry, sorry. In the you, case of noise, it's actually subscription base so so once you subscribe it's unlimited and you can price as much as you want and and download as much as you want but you can also set it to sync to to your to your host and you can set the key so it will transpose and so it's basically like having apple loops because it will also play in time. So once it downloads or once it it previews, it will be in sync with your session. So if you're talking about loops and and things like that, or Mm. vocal phrases or whatever, it just, it's, it's like Apple loops. And then you drag it, drag it to to an audio track. Yeah. Yeah. Very clever. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. Very nice. Um, I could see that. And then once you've completed that procedure for the duration of your project, that, Audio material is resident in your local world. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, so that if you were to become disconnected from the outside, it's in other words, it's not this really dependent in a real time sort of way on your external connection.
0: No, just just once when you're, you're browsing, browsing, I think. Acquired
1: yeah. the material, you are then once again working locally. Yeah, absolutely. in your own little local area world. That sound, Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. I mean, you know, because people like Sound Ideas used to sell boxes and boxes of CDs. And th- there, there used to be all these other paradigms for distributing this kind of material. But this is almost like, you know, Spotify for music makers.
0: Yeah, it, it kind makes, of, it kind it of is like that. And I, I think that's the thing, because I used to carry, you know, it's something that grows, isn't it? I mean, Yoed will probably, and probably Steve, you will identify with this. You know, you 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 work on an album project, you build a library of sounds, you keep them with you, and then it just grows as you kind of follow it around. So you end up having to lug a bigger and bigger and bigger hard drive with all of those things that you might one day want, you know, that, those bass drums or whatever, you know. I mean, is that the way that you've sort of traditionally worked? I mean, I don't know if you use these kind of services or not, Steve.
3: Uh, no, I don't use these kind of services, but that, but that is definitely, um, how my sample library has progressed and it's, it's enormous now. It's, it's quite frankly, it's unwieldy. So I think that the concept here is really, uh, good. And and also it feels sort of inevitable, really, you know, um, that somebody would, would do this now that we all have these fast, uh, well, most of us have these fast internet connections. Um, I do have a question though, maybe yeah, I can help out here, um, so you can download these uh, samples, and they can exist in your sort of local network. You don't need a, 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 an internet connection once you've downloaded them. But do you have permanent access to them? As in, if your subscription ends, does your access to those samples Absolutely. end as well? Yeah,
0: most of them they do. Yeah. It does end. Yeah, no, no. Mo- most right. of most no, no. Most of them once you've paid for and downloaded, you know, up to that point, you keep what you've got until then. Okay
3: okay
2: okay basically when when you use when you use a sample when you use a sample in your project or even when you preview a sample it's already in your computer in a in a as a temporary file because you you, obviously you in order to play back Mm. but once you drag it into your session then it it copies it to a folder on your hard drive and you can designate which whichever folder you want that to be in in my in on i use it in straight into Dropbox so I can access the samples from from all my computers. But uh, it's just there. So you have a permanent license, even
3: if you stop your subscription? Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think okay, I, I think so far that that's the, the way it works. I mean, the other thing that Splice are doing is interesting Because w- when we reviewed it, we I used it for collaborating on Ableton projects. And the v- version control thing is quite interesting because, you know, you work on a session and then you save it and you can upload the differences to your uh, Splice account. And then maybe what you can do is say, oh, uh, Steve, do you fancy having a look at this? And then you could log in and I could share it with you. You could download it, tweak it, upload it, be another version. I go, yeah, I like this, like that. You know, the... Those, are, I mean, the, there's that aspect to it as well. But I think that the, the kind of thrust of what perhaps you'll say, yeah, Yo, it is the, the, this notion of, I mean, it's what the web does and what computers do really well, which is databasing. Essentially, that's kind of what it is, isn't it? It's, it's just Absolutely. a fancy database front end, and it's all down to sort of click tagging and kind of figuring out that way. I mean, it's in many ways the similar sort of thing that what uh, Native Instruments are doing with Complete Control, which is the big umbrella. Uh, for all of those plugs. And I'm sure everybody's got very similar sort of concepts, but this is taking it to a another level because like, if you go to LoopCloud, for instance, the Loopmasters one, I mean, they've been going for years and years and they've got, it's like 5 million samples. I mean, you know, which is going to be more than enough. I mean, it does rather remind me back about that time when, you know, you go, yeah, we spent four hours in the studio auditioning snare drums for the for the, the track that we were working <laughs> on that Dave taught. You know, you could end up in that world again quite easily, I suppose, right?
3: I think that um, in, in my world, it was auditioning hi hats, which was even more uh, <laughs> enjoyable. But um, but yeah, I think that this is. I, I really like this uh, this approach to um, uh, cloudy music making. The idea that it's a vast library, you pay your subscription, you can have all as much as you eat, And I think it, it you know, uh, th- that's a positive step forward. What I don't like so much is. Um, the subscription model that, for example, Roland have got going, where um, you end up using, you could use a whole load of instruments, but once your subscription ends, so does your access to these instruments. And I, I really do hope, because these instruments are excellent, the, the boutique series, obviously, but the software um, uh, instruments that, that Roland have devised over the last few years have been superb. I just really hope that they can work out a, a different way to monetize their work um, without... Having just this choice of subscription only. and I know that you if you if you uh, subscribe to the Roland Cloud for a year, you get one instrument for free. I, I know that, but I sort of feel like I'd like them to have a rethink because their work is excellent, just not yeah. I know I out. take
0: your point that. I mean, it's interesting because I mean, you know all of us have probably got, you know some form of Spotify or some kind of music ongoing music library thing where you know you're paying maybe ten bucks a month or something like that and many of these systems you know there i think uh what's the one that uh, i think splice does seven ninety nine and thirty ninety nine for a number of credits uh i i think uh noise is ninety nine dollars a year so that's gonna be around about ten bucks a month you know the idea that we would kind of we wouldn't do that for accessing the individual component parts of our uh, content. is is interesting. It's it's like a kind of uh, it's a philosophical leap for many people. Or maybe you know they're because I know Splice have been hiring recently, and they so they must be getting something right. I mean, even though they're still only, I mean, when we reviewed uh, Splice uh, in two, I think it was two thousand and fifteen, so a while back, they had Logic Pro X, Live eight and nine, and uh, GarageBand, and they they said there were going to be more coming. They still haven't actually increased the number of supported DAWs and that by, by supported, I mean that integrate directly with the asset management side of things. So obviously it's the samples and the plug, cause they do plugins where you can buy to rent. So you would rent a you plugin rent for a, a while in. and then after a certain amount of time, it's yours cause you've paid for it anyway. So it's, it's almost like higher <laughs> mm. purchase or kind of, mm. it's like a banking product in many ways, you know, as well. It's just a clever way of dressing it up. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting idea. Yeah. Um, i mean do you yeah do you subscribe to multiple ones i mean do you find you use it a lot i mean
2: yeah absolutely I have noise um I did work for sample sonic uh I did some work where I did my analog um nevo analog machines, which is samples of uh of a lot of my analog scenes um in in a contact kind of um under a contact engine um so I know Dave, and he's a great guy, uh, and their product is is just amazing because they they switched models from from uh, just selling sample libraries to to this noise platform, uh, which is unlimited and all that. So really great. Splice, um, I I think it has changed since you rev- uh, review it in two thousand fifteen uh, quite a, quite a bit uh, in the t- in in the sense of for me what matters uh, rather than um, sharing and, uh, uh, you know, projects and, and things like that, uh, is just browsing, the browsing of samples and the quality of samples that you, you can get without mm-hmm. having to to store them. Uh, and, and it's just a great way of getting inspired, basically, because you just go through different things and suddenly you find a nice sound here and you can press like and then you get it in... With splice, the the way to get it into your your DAW session is a little bit cumbersome, but uh, but still the content is, the content is amazing, and it's just, just
0: well, a, they, yeah, they license a lot it, of stuff it, from people. I, I suppose that the idea is well. I mean because previously you would kind of go I need some bass drums for this I haven't got the right bass drum for this kind of track you would maybe go online you'd find a library and it goes you know 100 bass drums from x or y and you download them and you go actually by the time you've done all of that it's like an hour's gone by and you maybe still haven't found the bass drum whereas this way you're going to be able to locate the things much more quickly and I think that's that's where the strength of it lies because I mean it's going to speed up the whole process uh, um, in many ways and a lot of a lot of them are sort of drag and drop aren't they but not not all but Uh, like you say splice is a little bit different but yeah interesting stuff um may i ask
1: may i ask yo a question please
2: yes
0: of course
1: um do i understand correctly that you're streaming session data live from dropbox to your computer in real time
2: um i wouldn't put it that way but what i what i am doing i mean you can, you can say that but um, what i'm doing is i have a large dedicated drive just for dropbox and that's my project f- folder and and all oh, the I folders see. are stored in there yeah, and so when i save as or record audio or whatever i do in logic or protos or whatever platform i'm using it's already in dropbox which means it's going to Start, start, propagating. start
0: propagating yeah yeah
2: uh, yeah
1: yeah okay thank you i just i i better understand now thank you so much
0: interesting well thank you very much for bringing that up yeah that's been uh it's really interesting so i think um we're probably I don't, i've lost track of time because obviously we had a a, a slight program crash and uh it's the time on the timer is no longer relevant to where we started. But I think we've been going for a while. So the first podcast of 2018, you certainly got your minutes value, uh, viewers. So I hope you've enjoyed that. And I want to thank everybody for joining us. Steve, uh, uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, as I say, your your new wired internet is definitely working. That solved the problem. You are... You are uh, uh your motion is fluid and your audio is uh, is unbroken. It's perfect.
3: <laughs> well, that sounds a bit rude, doesn't it? Uh, well, that's my motto for this year. Keep my motions <laughs> fluid in 2018.
0: <laughs> Just drink plenty of water, folks. Um, thank you very much, Steve, for joining us. Also, Rich, uh, it's been a pleasure having you aboard, and thank you again for uh, your f- uh, um, for the performances. I think, uh, Chic on the BBC. I think you can still see it on the uh, on the iPlayer and various other places on the net. And you know, by all accounts, it was it went down really well, and it's going to be a yet another yet another classic Chic gig.
1: <laughs> well, thank you, Nick. We had a, we had a blast, and uh, I have a feeling we're going to be spending some time in England this year, oh. um, or th- or around and about the UK. It seems. And always enjoy the show, and it's great to be with Yoad and with Steve. Thanks.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you very much, and also, uh, Mister Yoad uh, thank you very much for joining us as well. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, My pleasure. Are, are you back into session world straight away? Are you back into a full recall, or are you? Uh, are, are you got?
2: Well, some new things, very exciting uh, projects. Uh, some um, other stuff lingering from uh, last year, and actually from the year before. So, some kind of ongoing projects. Uh, yeah, all good. Happy New Year to everyone!
0: Yes, thank you very much, and that, that I'd like to say that to everyone. So we can we can wave into the sunset as we uh, end the show. Uh, <laughs> I also, before we do that, I'd just like to remind you: you can uh, enter the uh, isotope competition. All you need to do is tweet the hashtag. Uh, Ozone, uh, Mix It Well and Ozone 8. But thank you very much, everybody.
1: We'll see you next time. That's it for this week.